We are in Luke chapter 9, verse 18. And uh, I had someone ask me this week if we could stand for the reading of Scripture. And I know that we're not all gathered in this room, but wherever you are, whether you're in this sanctuary or in your living room or somewhere else, as you're able, I invite you to stand for this morning's reading of Scripture. One day, Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. Only his disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other ancient prophets risen from the dead. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah sent from God. Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. And then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on your, onto your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. May God bless the reading of God's word, and would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, please use these words in our lives that we might follow even more devoted to your Son, Jesus, our Lord. And I pray that uh, this message would be something you would use. You take the words, God. Use them how you wish. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. <clears throat> One of the major threads in this passage is about discipleship. There's a lot here. There is a lot here. But discipleship is one of the threads. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it look like to live out the values and the teachings of Jesus even in the face of difficulty? And this is a question set before us almost like never before. How are we to follow Jesus in the midst of this current pandemic, as officials are calling it? Right now, the routines of our lives are being upended. Tr events or trips that we've been looking forward to have been canceled or postponed, which can bring uh, disappointment. Our customary greetings, like shaking hands or hugging, we've become more aware of how they can be potential hazards to people. And this has put us uh, in awkward positions, right? We either say, well, I guess I'm not shaking hands anymore, or we shake a hand and maybe uh, with some anxiety or some stress. Some of us have been quarantined or isolated for our protection or for the protection of others. And this can bring loneliness or fear. 
In a matter of days, terms like social distancing have become normal vernacular. And at this moment, I am preaching this sermon with, by my last count, uh, 13 people in the sanctuary. While you are honoring the Lord's Day by viewing it on a computer screen. Even our means of escape, like sports and theater, have stopped. As one of you shared with me this past week, this is so weird. Now, of course, these changes are in response to uh, what officials are telling us is a world pandemic. Experts, officials, and leaders are telling us that these measures are being taken in order to protect our neighbors and our loved ones, to keep them safe, especially those who are most vulnerable of becoming sick. And so we are going to take uh, these necessary steps and these changes and take those words seriously. All this can be a little strange, maybe even scary for some. We might worry about how our family will be impacted. We might worry about the safety of kids or our parents. Perhaps we've wondered about our own mortality uh, this week. Maybe we've, we've wondered what we would do if someone in our family um, got this virus. Perhaps we're asking ourselves, am I prepared? Will we make it through this? And others aren't asking any of these questions. But I believe we will make it through this. I do. And I say this because I believe God will be with us through whatever it is. And I believe we will help each other through this as well. I do. We're not alone. Which brings me back to the question. How can we follow Jesus faithfully during this time? And there are many ways to answer this question. I want to highlight three. Uh, Somewhere, Lisa is saying amen. First, prayer. You may have noticed that this passage that we just read begins with Jesus by himself praying to the Father. It was from prayer that this whole episode, this whole narrative unfolds. Who do you say that I am? The Son of Man must suffer many things. He will die. On the third day, he will be raised. Take up your cross. Follow me. Each of these things flows from Jesus' time in prayer with the Father. This is what provided Jesus his clarity and his direction and his timing. And so we too, in this time, in these days, let us be in prayer. In the middle of this crisis we find ourselves in. Let us be in prayer for our neighbors. Let us be in prayer for our family and our friends. Let us be in prayer for our enemies who are just as susceptible to sickness as we are as few beings. Let us pray for leaders, national, state, and local officials who, who have to make difficult decisions about these things for the good of a community. Let us be in prayer for one another, for elderly and for our children, for those who are ill or who may become ill, those who care for the sick. Let us be in prayer for doctors and nurses and hospital administrators and the medical community who have difficult choices to make and messages to bring us and who bring needed care to all who are ill. And let us pray for God's direction as well. 
God's leading, that God would guide us as individuals, that God would guide us as a church, and what we're supposed to do right now. Let us be in prayer every day. Every day. Listen, brothers and sisters, carve out the time. Make it a habit. It's never a time to neglect prayer, but now is certainly not a time to neglect prayer. Now is a time to be fervent in prayer. Fervent. Persistent. Pray as a family. Pray as a couple. Pray in quiet. Pray in the noise. I have to do this every day in the house. Let us make prayer a commitment, especially now. So that's one way to remain faithful followers of Jesus, to get on our knees and pray. A second one that comes to my mind is that we remain connected as a church. And this might be more challenging now because the most common way that we remain connected is by gathering together. We gather together for prayer. We gather together for studying God's word. We gather together for worship. We gather together to play games. Did you know there's a whole underground world of gaga ball in this church? It's true. We gather together for care. We gather together to eat. Somewhere I heard a bunch of amens. But at least for the time being, some of these things will not be offered. Health experts and officials tell us that one of the best defenses against the spread of the illness is social distancing. Avoiding crowds, keeping space between us and others, we're told is important right now. And for our brothers and sisters who are over the age of 60, and for those of us, like myself, who have underlying health conditions, we're told we're at greater risks of complications. And so at Emmaus, we will be taking these recommendations seriously from our state and local officials, and we urge you to do the same. But distancing does not mean disconnection. And distancing does not mean neglect or being forgotten. This is a time for us to find creative new ways to stand together in our faith. Leadership at Emmaus is committed to doing this. This past week, under the direction of Pastor Susan and the leadership team of our Stephen ministry, they put together a plan to maintain pastoral care for those in our church who might find themselves more isolated in the coming days. We're going to connect with them like they have done. Under the leadership of Pastor Tim and Jason Decker, I was going to make some comment about Jason Decker at this point, but nothing really came to mind. Our IT team has given us the capacity now to uh, live stream, something that we have the infrastructure already in place because of Jim, James, and his leadership. And these uh, people like this will continue to help us leverage technologies available to us to stay connected. This means that we're going to be able to provide more online access to Sunday worship services. And now we're even able to provide new ways for things like Bible study, gathering for prayer, access to music, uh, and more. I'm just thank you for your work. 
April and I have been in conversation about how we can provide more access to our kind of connection systems like uh, the roster uh, or um, uh, communication systems so that we can stay connected with one another. Kari and Tim, our children and youth boards, are developing ways for our kids and families to stay connected. Uh, Families will continue to be provided with materials and guidance on ways for parents to disciple their kids. And Rob will probably be doing stuff too, though I'm not sure what it will be. (laughs) Even online church, I'm picking on Rob. Uh, Has anyone... Um, read about what they're doing in Italy. They're, they're confined to their apartments right now in Italy. And you know what they're doing? They're opening their windows and they're singing out, singing songs together. They're singing so that others will hear the music. They open their windows and they play instruments because they know that music might be a balm to their neighbors. Music is like another language for our souls. Yes, we will make sure that we have access to the music of our church and that we find ways to worship together. We're committed to this. For my part, I'm kind of going to make a renewed commitment to more consistent writing posting uh, more podcasts, perhaps maybe even doing a video or something like that, in order to keep the teaching and the preaching in our church vibrant and accessible. I have so many ideas for podcasts. I love them. And so I ask that we all listen to God now to give thought to what your part might be. How can we each lean in? How can we stay connected to our beloved brothers and sisters, write notes, Make phone calls when appropriate. You know, make a visit. Things we've been doing. Um, And this one might be new for some people, but pray with someone over the phone. You simply say, I'd like to pray for you. Is it okay if I pray for you over the phone? Um, We live during a time of new connectivity. Let's leverage that so that no one feels forgotten. All right. Third. As always... We can show our following of Jesus by serving our neighbors. Our greater community needs us. They always have. And they do still. And I am, I am so proud of the ways that our church has served this community through the years. And now we may, we may find our community will have new developing needs that we can Uh, meet. In the coming weeks, we may identify more needs. Perhaps there will be a greater need for access to food. Perhaps uh, access to child care. Perhaps greater needs for other types of care or support. Perhaps we will see growing, deeper need that people will have for hope and comfort. And we are people of the gospel, the good news. We have hope that we can share in any circumstance. Again, as leaders, we are thinking through these things collaboratively and strategically. And as we learn more, there will be opportunities for us to step in and to serve our neighbors in the name of Jesus. 
times like these, uh, God empowers his people to demonstrate the love of Jesus to the world. Many of us know uh, Brother Bruce Olson. I was talking with Bruce yesterday on the phone, and he said something. I I wrote it down, and I said, I'm going to quote you tomorrow. (laughs) Bruce said this, Love is the gift from the church to the world that cannot be counterfeited by the devil. Love is the gift from the church to the world that cannot be counterfeited by the devil. Amen to that. I think Bruce is going to, I'm going to ask him to do some podcasts. In closing, it is times like these that God gives to us a clarion call that we would be people of hope, a non-anxious presence to a worried world, that we would be bearers of compassion, people of the gospel, the presence of Jesus, that we would be the people of God. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we praise your name. You are our maker. You are our redeemer. Father, you are good. And we pray for our world that your Holy Spirit would bring comfort and bring healing. We pray for our leaders that you would grant them wisdom and courage. We pray for healthcare workers, God that you give them skill and knowledge. We pray for those who are sick, that you would bring healing and a helping hand. We pray for our church, that you unify us, comfort us. And we pray for our community, that the good news of Jesus would be proclaimed. I pray and we pray, O Lord, all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.